Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Childhood Rising podcast. This space and this business have been intentionally designed to bring together an empowered collective of parents, educators, carers, and other folk who are all journeying alongside children. Through this podcast and our support services, we aim to raise the well-being of the whole child, as well as the adults who walk alongside them. We talk about trauma-informed caregiving, play, and the importance of attachment, while also not being afraid to cover the difficult but deeply reflective conversational topics too. If you too believe in the inherent wholeness, competence, and contribution children have to offer this world, then you're in the right place. Hello, welcome to another episode here on the podcast. If you've been around here and listened to a few podcast episodes already, you probably know that I'm pretty passionate about play. And that is going to be another topic that I am going to be talking about again today with a little bit of a twist. So you may already be on board with the understanding that play is deeply powerful and critical to our children's development and their learning. But I want to talk a bit more about how it supports our children's emotional well-being. This is something that I am so, so deeply passionate about sharing. I have spent many hours inside the walls of the play therapy room and been witness to the power of play for children's emotional healing. And in that time, in that experience, I was always wondering and searching for a way that children could get the therapeutic benefits of play before they needed to see a play therapist, before they needed to see a counsellor or some other professional. Because I believe so deeply that if children were able to access play in this way, to um, use play as a emotional healing means, then that's just so deeply powerful for children around the world, right? So that's kind of when I came across the approach of attachment play, which is an aspect of aware parenting founded by Elitha Salter. And this approach is um, largely founded on the evidence base of two things, which is attachment theory and play therapy. So you're probably familiar with attachment theory and the research that says how important a safe, secure relationship is for a child with their primary caregiver. Um, And you may be familiar with play therapy and the uh, research behind that and outcomes for a child's um, emotional and social well-being. So attachment play essentially combines these two things. It is effective in strengthening the parent-to-child bond, and it's also effective in resolving lots of common behavioral concerns we might have, as well as supporting children to heal from the effects of stress and trauma. So to clarify, I am talking about play that happens with your child. So when the parent or the primary caregiver plays with the child. And the reason that this is particularly powerful for emotional healing for our children is that they feel safe and secure with that person. And having that warm, empathetic person who conveys nothing but acceptance to them throughout their play um, is a powerful emotional release for our children. But the play itself can also support children to transform some trauma memories, um, you know, transform the narrative of their experiences through play. I'm actually running a free workshop on this topic um, on Wednesday this week. So if you are listening to the podcast as it goes live, that is happening in just two days time. And 
it is completely free and I encourage you to join us. You will find the link to register your spot uh, in the show notes um, of this podcast episode. But I thought here in this podcast, I might share a bit of a story with you around how attachment play has been really powerful for my own parenting and how it has supported one of my children to heal from the effects of stress and trauma. Now, this was an event that happened with my son. Um, He was six or seven at the time, so fairly recently. And he was at school and they were playing in the big kind of um, bush area. They call it the wild space. And in that space, he found a syringe, a needle. And, you know, there's been conversations at school and at home around syringe safety and what to do. But he picked up that needle and took it to the teacher, obviously, with the thought that he was doing the right thing. When he approached the teacher, the teacher kind of yelled, drop it to my son. And he dropped the syringe and then, you know, school kind of um, removed the syringe and dealt with it as they needed to and talked to the class again about syringe safety. Now, school called me that day and told me that this had happened. So I was fully prepared to chat to my son about it when he got home that afternoon. And the first thing that happened when we got home from school is that he found this plastic syringe that I honestly forgot that we even owned. So I feel that is testament to our children's ability to seek out the resources they need to play out what they need to. And he grabbed a couple of um, doll figurines and started to play out the version of events that happened that day. And I was playing with him, following his lead around what had happened and what I needed to do next in my role as as one of those figurines. And I noticed that he was sort of exaggerating the version of events, right? Because I'd been told from school what had happened. So I had a bit of an understanding around um, the series of events and he was exaggerating them and kind of through the exaggeration, he was prompted to laugh. You know, we kind of laughed together And that laughter, I know, helps to reduce the effects of the stress response system on our nervous system. And so the play kind of came to an end and I thought, okay, so he's used laughter here to kind of support his healing. Maybe that's all he needed to do. Went on about our evening routine and uh, later that evening at bedtime, he was having difficulty getting to sleep. And so what I often suggest when he can't sleep is that maybe he would like to draw or write about his day. And he did that on a piece of paper. He drew out this version of events of what had happened earlier that day with the syringe at school. It was super detailed. There was lots of emotion um, expressed in the images and the words. And I just had a uh, intuitive feeling, I would call it, that in that moment he needed to cry, right? So I said to my son, I said, it is okay if you need to cry. And giving him that permission was obviously enough because he was able to cry in my presence, um, you know, release lots of tears around what had happened that day. And when those tears came to an end in their own course, he was able to go to bed and he slept beautifully that night. Now, the reason I share this story is because it so beautifully speaks to how children will use play and initiate play to um, heal emotionally but also how when we know how this process works and we can facilitate that space for them we can be intentional about using play to support them through their experiences too 
And I really encourage you to join us in this workshop because I'm going to be talking about this a lot more and giving some really specific examples of how you can be using play with your children or the children you're working with if you're listening to this as an educator or other professional as well. Because what happened for my son in this story is that by using play to play out what had happened in that day, the version of events that had happened, he was not only using laughter to reduce the effects of the stress response, right? Because we know that um, laughter reduces the uh, effects of the stress response. But he's also changing the narrative of that experience. He's rewiring that trauma memory as to one where he has more power and control that he likely felt like he had in that moment. What's more is that a lot of parents talk to me about how their children end up crying after they have been playing with them. And often this happens, you know, through some sort of rough and tumble play, but it can happen with any play, after any play with our children that there is some sort of emotional release, right? Crying and raging or something that tends to happen after they play with their kids. And that is because we're creating emotional safety with our children when we are accepting their play and we are being present with them in that moment. They feel deeply connected with us, right? It feels safe for them to express those emotions that were sitting there under the surface that needed to be released. Regardless of whether your child has experienced, you know, a significant event that may have been stressful or a trauma for them, or whether you just have day-to-day behaviors that are quite challenging for you to navigate, there are ways that we can use play to overcome all of these experiences. And how this looks will be dependent on, you know, what behaviors are presenting for your child and what's going on. Um, So this is also something I support parents with in my one-to-one sessions, but I am excited to share this in our free workshop, The Power of Play, this coming Wednesday. Again, I encourage you to register your spot. If you can't attend live, that is 100% okay. I encourage you to attend live so that your personal questions can get answered and I can kind of run through what might be going on for you and your child and give you some specific strategies and types of play that you could be using but there will be a replay and that replay will be emailed out to everyone who has registered for the workshop so you need to make sure that you're registered in order to get access to that replay again it's 100% free and it is happening this Wednesday at 12 p.m perth time I cannot wait to share this play wisdom with you Um, And if you have any questions um, about the podcast or the workshop or anything else, then please do reach out to us over on Instagram at childhood.rising. Otherwise, I will talk to you soon.